I am glad that we get a chance to celebrate freedom here in America. We are still a free country, amen? We're here to celebrate freedom even if you choose to celebrate like a crazy man with fireworks. I know that I had a cousin uh, that uh, we used to do all sorts of... um, Well, I've spoken to legal about this. I'm not supposed to tell you what we did with the fireworks, but just know that we've done some crazy stuff with fireworks and it was a lot of fun and and we live in a free country, you can do it. But we live in a, a country that's free from tyranny. We live in a country that, that we can worship in freedom, that we can, we can live our lives in freedom in pursuit of what we feel like is right. And as Christians, we know the Lord and we know what truth is, we know what right is. We're away from the cruel and oppressive governments of the world and our job is to be vigilant of any cruel or oppressive government that would try to take the government's place now. And a matter of fact, we just exercised that right. Just this past week on Tuesday, we had an opportunity to vote in the primaries. Anybody vote this past Tuesday? Thank you so much. We have a, as Christians, not only are we called to be free people, but we are called to participate in freedom. We have an obligation after after we have won our freedom and our independence, we have an obligation on our lives to assert freedom everywhere we go. We must continue to be free, to be vigilant over anyone that would try to take our freedoms. And as Christians, we engage in the process because we are the voice that would speak freedom to people that are lost and hurting and dying. And I'm not just talking about a political freedom, but I'm I'm speaking to a, a spiritual freedom now, a freedom that that you only know if you give your heart and your life to Christ Jesus, our Lord, amen? You see, there's a lot of voices right now that would claim that they know the truth. They seek the truth through all sorts of things like congressional hearings and polls. They are hooked on a 24-hour news cycle to to, um, to try to ascertain what's real or not. Uh, but I want, I want to pause right here and remind everybody that what you're hearing right now is not a political speech. This is not a, a political statement. No, that's not what this is. This is actually a sermon. Imagine that, a sermon. Because when I read scripture, I see... Uh, passages like Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, which tells me that I'm supposed to shepherd over the souls here at Christ's legacy because I'm going to be held accountable to make sure that you know and understand the truth of God through his word. Amen? And so I have an obligation to speak God's truth to encourage you and to allow you uh, uh, to to understand it and and allow the Holy Spirit to move on your life so that you can be convicted by his word. And then the chains in our life of sin and shame and guilt can be broken by his power. And that that is what the truth is. That's what the truth does. It's, It's powerful. And it has the ability to break every chain like we, we talk about and we sing about. 
We talk about the truth, but the reality is, is that very few people actually know the truth. See, there's a difference between a truth and the truth. Somebody say amen, so I'm not speaking to myself. See, the truth is different than a truth. A lot of people know a truth. A, a, a lot of people know some things that are right. A lot of people know about truth, but not a lot of people know the truth. And it's important as people of God to understand what the truth is, what it's all about. So what, just what is the truth? John chapter 14, starting verse six, tells us, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Friends, it's right there. That is what the truth is all about. The truth is not about something. It's about someone. It's about Jesus, the very incarnation of truth. It's him and his name alone. It's only through him that, that we have salvation. The Bible tells us it's, it's only through the name of Jesus that any man can be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Jesus is the only one that can break the cycle of addiction, the cycle of sin, and the shame and the guilt in, in hearts and lives. It's only him that is able to set someone free from the bondage that we experience. It's, it's him in person. And his word is the, is the revelation of who he is incarnate. We have the opportunity to know the truth. Some people would, would argue that, that the truth is unknowable. And it is without Christ in his word. See, Christ is the answer to the problem of sin that we have in our life. Not anything or anyone else. There's a lot of people that would say they know the truth and a lot of people are seeking the truth. A lot of people say that they know the truth, but there are very, very good and moral people that will one day be in hell. There are very good and smart people that are gonna be in hell. There are people that are earnestly seeking the truth that will one day wind up in hell. And it's because he is the only way to understand truth. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you say, well, Pastor John, I'm, I'm definitely going to heaven. And, and my response to that, my prayer is, I, I pray and I hope that you are. I know that, I know that when you make the Lord your Savior, when you make him the Lord of your life, when you obey his word, that you're going to heaven. But I don't want any person in this room to leave here today without examining their own heart and their own life and determining whether you are going to make it to heaven or not. Because there is a way for you to know this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. I feel like I want to go directly into my text this morning. I'm going to be reading out of John chapter 8, starting in verse 31. But as you're turning there, I just want to remind you that we're on the Bible app. So if you go to the menu down at the corner in the bottom right, you click on events and you go to location and click on Christ's Legacy. Not another church, but you're at Christ's Legacy Church, for, for those of you that may not know or remember. And, and you can follow along these notes with us 
as we're going. I want to give you some context to the background of our passage of Scripture. Jesus has been preaching in synagogues, and he's been teaching the truth. He's been teaching them about what, what, what God's intention is for the world and for him. And there are some people that understand and believe, even though they don't really understand everything that he's saying, they they believe and they've trusted in him. But there's another group of people that are present that don't believe. These are the religious leaders of the the day that that haven't believed in Jesus. They, They are withdrawn from the conversation a little bit to the point where they, they, they no longer have an opening to believe. They're not receptive to, to listening, but they're, they're beginning to be argumentative and defensive to what Christ is actually saying. And that's exactly where we pick up at verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in, to him, you are truly my disciples if, somebody say if, if, you remain faithful to my teaching. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You will be set free. Jesus answered and replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Heavenly Father, I ask God that you would open up our hearts to be receptive of your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would allow your Holy Spirit to move in this place. Lord, let us see ourselves for who we truly are, not for the person that we think we are. Show us the reality of our situation, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would also show us the reality of your son and the freedom that we have in you. In Christ's name, amen. 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 You see, verse 31 reminds, tells us Jesus was speaking to the people, you truly are my disciple if you remain faithful to my teaching. First thing I need to tell you is that this, this is a, a group of people that are gathered together listening to what Jesus has to say. He's been teaching for some time and he wants people to understand where they stand with him. See, there are two groups in this room. No matter what sect or what religious background they come from or, or, or what their race or, or, or gender was, there's still two groups of people. There's the people that believe and the people that don't believe. And it's not like Jesus just kind of threw, drew a line down the middle of the room and he said, okay, I need everybody to make a decision right now. I want you to separate yourselves out. Everybody that believes, go ahead and get on this side. And everybody that doesn't believe, go ahead and get on this side. I'm going to talk to this group real quick. (laughs) Wouldn't that make things a little bit more clear sometimes? Just kind of get everything organized in your head. Sometimes I feel like I want to do that just so I know who I'm talking to. Otherwise, uh, I I don't typically do that because uh, I'm I'm scared to see who'd be on on the belief side. (laughs) But, but Jesus didn't do that. They, these people were all mixed up. 
And so he's trying to help people understand where they sit with him. You're my disciple if you're faithful to my teachings. See, there's some people that were standing in the back that might have been faithful to his teachings and listened and, and believed, but maybe they were reserved. Maybe they were non-confrontational. They were just kind of leaning in and agreeing inside of their heart. Uh, maybe they believed, but they were scared to admit that they believed. Or, or, or maybe they didn't believe, but, but the, the little group that was sitting around them believed, and, and they didn't. And so in order to stay good with their friends, they just kind of, mm-hmm, yeah, amen, brother, <laughs> you know. But in the back of their heart and their mind, they, they really chose not to believe. It's just kind of like any group. E even this group here this morning. There are two groups of people this morning. Right here in this sanctuary. There's a group of people that believe and there's a group of people that don't believe. Now, some may argue this. They, they, they may say, well, actually, Pastor John, if you want to get technical, there's, there's three groups of people. There's, there's a group of people that, that believe, there's a group of people that don't believe, and then there's a group of people that, that hadn't made up their mind yet. <laughs> I, I, I love that group of people. H hadn't made up your mind yet about, about who Jesus is. And, and I want to say this, that, that you may be a person that hasn't quite made up your mind about Jesus and your commitment to him. You, you come here and you're kind of testing the waters out. You, you don't know about this Christian thing, and we want you to know that you're welcome here, but, but you see, there's, that's illusion. There's still only two groups of people. You either believe or you don't. Because if you believe, then you're going to heaven, and if you don't believe, that you're, you're, then you're going to hell, and there's no, there's no way around that, that moment, that judgment. If you haven't made up your mind yet for any reason, whether it's you don't have enough information or, or, or maybe, maybe in the past you've been hurt by somebody in the church, you, you still are in the group that doesn't believe. And I want you to know that you're welcome here, but you're still in a very dangerous place. And it's time. The Lord is calling you this morning. The Lord is saying to you this morning, you can't be in the middle. There's no middle ground. You either believe or you don't believe. And he speaks to the group that, that believes and he turns to them and he says, now even you that, that believe over here, you're my disciple if, 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 if you remain faithful to my teachings. Did you know that it's, that there's a lot of people that don't believe that? There's a lot of people that, that believe that, that you can be a Christian if you, if you go down and, and bend your knee at the altar once, or you, you shake a pastor's hand, or you sign a card, or you get baptized, or you do this, or you do that, and, and then that makes you a, a, a full-fledged Christian for the rest of your life. But... But when I read a passage like this, I realize something. That's you're his disciple if you remain faithful to his teaching. Not, not 
if you started out strong and then you kind of got disinterested or disengaged, the older you got. You're his disciple if you remain faithful to his teaching. A recent Pew Research poll has surprising statistics about Christians here in America. It discovered that 17% of Christians in the United States seldom, if ever, even attend a, a, a church service. 9% of Christians seldom, if ever, pray. 47% of Christians don't attend any type of small group like Bible study, prayer meeting, nothing like that. 41% of Christians who say that they look uh, to, to common sense for guidance on right and wrong, and 6% say they look to science for guidance on right and wrong instead of the religion. And then this is probably the most startling statistic to me. 33% of Christians say that they seldom, if ever, read Scripture. Christ's legacy, I got to tell you something. That we are free if, if we remain faithful to his teaching. If you're a young person, if you're an old person, if you're somebody in between, you need to understand this, that your responsibility is to know the word of God, to believe in the word of God and conduct your life like you do. We are designed to follow God's law. We're designed to be a people that is peculiar, different somehow, set apart, holy, sanctified, which is an old school way of saying that we are set apart for holy purposes. We are designed for that. That's not an old idea. That is a new idea at this age. Turns out if you wear the same kind of clothes for a couple years, you know, couple, like 10, 20 years, they'll come back in style. <laughs> Praise God, holiness is coming back in style, amen? We're a people that believe in holiness. We've got to remain faithful to the teachings of Christ. How do I tell if I'm a Christian, Pastor John? Are you faithful to his teaching? Are you obedient to, are you obedient to his word? Then we go down to verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When you're his disciple, you, you, you know the truth. And it's the knowledge of the truth that begins to free you from the chains of sin and bondage, from the lies of the enemy. Romans chapter 1, verse 25, you won't see it on the board, but I want to tell it to you right now. It tells us that God's anger burns against people that have decided, that insist on trading God's truth for a lie. Do you know anybody that, that does that? That maybe knew the truth at one point in their life and started trading the truth that they knew for a lie from Satan. It kind of sounds like a, a description of America this morning. That one, one place, at one time, we fought and we died for the truth. We gave our lives so that people could live in freedom. But now... Slowly, we make choices and decisions to begin to give up our freedom and replace slowly God's truth for a lie from the devil. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 tells us that there is a path before each person that seems right, 
But it ends in what? It ends in death. It's death. It's not right, but it seems that way. See, humanistic reason and wisdom have been relatively new ideas that, that, have, that have embedded and ingrained its way into our culture and society. It's, it's ideas that, that make us think about things like, um, well, well it's, it's individual wisdom or, or satisfaction or, or um, uh, independent benefit. Whatever benefits us is considered humanistic reason. If it's good for me, then it's okay. And that's where we get the dichotomy that there's some kind of uh, 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 truth for me, but it's not truth for you. Can I tell you this morning that there is only one truth? There's only one truth. It's, it's not varying in degrees. It's either true or it's not true. It's either right or it's wrong. It's not true for me, not true for you. But but we have this idea through humanistic reasoning that, that things can be true for me and not true for you. And, and I need to tell you something, that that is a very bad way to, ter- to determine what truth is. Because what it's saying is that, that I am going to rely on myself to discover the ultimate universal truth and overcome sin in my own life without anybody else's help. I got to tell you this morning, some of y'all can't even overcome your alarm clock in the morning, okay? What makes you think that you're going to overcome some kind of universal sin? It's, it's kind of like this. Think about this. If, if, you, if you went to youth camp and you dove in a mud mountain and you stood up and you're, you're covered from head to toe in mud, I mean, the only thing clean was your little eyeballs <laughs> popping out. And you said, let me clean myself up. And you began to wipe that mud off of you, try to, and it just smears all over you. And, and it is just, you can't get it off your face. It's in your mouth. It's everywhere. And you just work on yourself for a little while. And then finally you just say, well, look, I'm clean now. How ridiculous is that? You're not coming into my living room like that. You can't even wash yourself out off in, in my front yard. You got to go to the side yard to get yourself clean, sir, ma'am. And that's what it's like to try to reason yourself out of sin. You can't clean yourself up. We need a savior. We need a redeemer. We need someone to come and pay the price of our sin and wash our our sins like they were white as snow to, to not remember them anymore against us. We need that in our life because without that, we are still chained in the bondage of our, of our sin. As a matter of fact, the, in verse 33, we find out that the religious leaders said that very thing. They said, they said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You will set us free. They, they didn't understand it because they didn't see the chains of bondage. They thought that they could just wipe the mud off of them to wipe the sin off them, but they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. I'm not an alcoholic. I can stop whenever I want to. I, I, I don't have anger issues, okay? Listen, anybody would be mad in the situations and circumstances that I've, I'm in, especially whenever you get stressed out like I do about these things that I'm dealing with. Listen, that, was, um, that wasn't gossip, 
<laughs> that was a prayer request. So hear that? Somebody got convicted just now. <laughs> Those are chains. And, and it doesn't matter what your chain looks like. It, it doesn't matter what it's decorated as. A chain is a chain and it's a sin and it's, and it's bondage and you're still trapped to it and you need freedom from it. See, we continue on reading in verse 34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone, somebody say everyone, who sins is a slave of sin. Now, there are many of you that have understand my Greek prowess and my education of the Greek language. And through certain uh, uh, studies and, and understandings, I've come to the conclusion that that Greek word everyone means everybody, all y'all, all us. We have experienced slavery to sin. The Bible says no one is perfect, not one. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. That means you. That means me. That means your perfect little grandkid. That means your grandparent. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And it's, a, it's not just a little cute thing. It's not just a little, a little blemish on overall good character. If we saw really what sin was, it's slavery. It's chains. And it's not like the enemy comes to us and he, and he, and he grabs these chains and he, and he holds them out and he says, come here. I got something for you. If you just, if you just follow me, I'm going to hook you up and I'm going to take your family away from you. You interested still? And, and, and I'm going to cost you lots of money in, in, in legal. <laughs> and, and I'm going to cost you lots of time. And I'm, I'm going to make you, I'm going to fill your life with regret and pain. Come, come on, put this on you. Come here. You, you, you need this in your life. See, the enemy never does that to us. He does something else. He gives us choices. I, I, I need somebody to come help me real quick. Uh, um, big guy, big guy. Hey, come, come on up here. Yeah. Get, hey, give it up for Brandon real quick. He, I, he, I cannot wait. You are a big dude. And I've been, I've been anxious to get these things on you, man. Because I'll tell you what, the enemy doesn't come with chains. He comes with choices. And, and these choices are little things in our life. He doesn't say, hey, I want you to be enslaved in sin. He says, um, hey, um, have you, uh, why don't you click on this link? Yeah, click, click on that link there and, uh, and, and watch this program. And then, and then he'll, he'll let you deal with that for a little while. And then, and then he'll say, uh, hey, I, I, want you to, uh, I want you to do this over here. Why don't you do this over here? This is, this is probably good for you. You know, you tr try that out. Try that out. And then slowly and steadily, you begin to, to link things together from from temptations and you form behaviors and you form habits you form slavery 
and it begins to fashion around who you are in your life. You, it becomes kind of noticeable, but you try to hide it a little bit because you realize that, ah, this is, this is probably not good. I, I know the Word of God tells me I'm not supposed to do it, but I, I haven't really experienced any kind of consequences to these chains. I, 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 haven't, I haven't, nothing really bad has happened to me. I, I know it's not good. It's, it's, a, it's my vice, but you know what? I've been doing it so long. I've been doing it since I was a kid. And, and really, it, it hadn't cost me anything yet. I, I can manage. Nobody at church knows. Nobody's found out about it. And, and really, who is it hurting anyway? It's just, it's just about me. But eventually, you begin to, you, they, you begin to form these, these habits and, and behaviors. And, and then all of a sudden, you get married. Or, or, or you want to serve the Lord, or you want to be a teacher, or, or, or something happens, and, then, and you want to live your life according to the Lord, and Satan now comes over, and he puts a leash on you, and he says, go ahead and go love your wife. Go ahead and love your wife. And he says, you get back over here. What do you think? Huh. I, I want to I be a good husband. I want to be a good father. No, no, you can't do that. You better stay away. No, you're going to come with me. Now you're, now you're hiding. Now you're hiding from, 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 from people and, 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 and you want so badly to get away. You want so badly to, 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 to be right. You want so badly to, to go where you want to go, but you say, no, 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 no. You can't leave me. I want to go down to the altar. Go ahead and go down to the altar. I need to get away from the, no, 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 no. Come here, come here. You're going to stay right here. <laughs> That's only because we're using an illustration that this big old guy will let me pull him around. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> The security force is down at Tinker. He's going to get, get back at me after a while. Buddy, I need to be careful with that. I'm sorry. Anyway, he, I'm really going to get it now. <laughs> you see, the, the truth is, is that there's a price to sin. And you don't actually know what it is until you start walking around in chains. And Satan starts controlling your behavior. And you feel like a dog on a leash because you can't get out of this on your own. Did you know that Christians can walk around like this? They can walk, you can walk around like this. You can have secret sin hidden in your heart, love the Lord, believe in him, but feel like you are on a leash and you can't get away from the sin that is controlling your life no matter what you do. Some of y'all need to think about that for a second. Because Satan can drag you around through guilt and shame. He can remind you of your past all the time. <laughs> you start feeling freedom for a little while, he'll jerk you back hard. Some of you know what it's like to carry this for a long time. Some of you have been set free. Some of you have been set free from this. But some of you, you're still struggling. And you need a savior that will come and lead you out of that bondage because you, I want you to know that, that Jesus has not called you to live a life like that. You're wondering why you can't get free from the bondage of pornography. You think that somehow you can be just disciplined enough to overcome that temptation. Can I tell you, I wanna explain something to you. This is a chain, it's a chain. We have a sinful nature that's used to being enslaved by things. We were born into sin, the Bible tells us. 
There's no one righteous. No, not one. And we allow our own pride to get in the way of getting free from this because it's easier to try to hide it than it is to make it right. But God has called us to be free. To be free. What would it feel like today to walk out of this room free? Not controlled by alcoholism, pornography, substance abuse. Not controlled by a, by a spirit of envy or bitterness in your life that keeps on jerking you back. Not controlled, not controlled by the regret of past mistakes and circumstances and situations, but really and truly free from, from the bondage. I need you guys to know this. And Brandon, I want you to know this. I appreciate you and I love you, brother. But God has come to set you free from these chains. <laughs> Who the Son sets free. I said, who the Son sets free. He's free indeed. Amen. Some of y'all need to hear that this morning. You're free indeed. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son. Would you put your son in chains? Some of you all know your kids and your kids are in chains right now in bondage and it breaks your heart. See, we serve a good God that's called us to be free. And you, you can't do anything for your children. You can just pray for them and love them. But right now, I'm not worried about your children. I'm worried about you sitting here right now. I don't want anybody thinking about anybody else. I want you to think about yourself. Lord, is there a bondage? Is there a chain? Is there, a, is there something holding me? back from what you called me to be? We're called to live as free people, not as slaves, as children of God. We are adopted into the family of God and joint heirs with Jesus. <laughs> not slaves. Not living in a guest house somewhere trying to figure out how we're going to make it through. The writer of Hebrews recognizes that even Christians can be ensnared in the lies of the enemy. He encourages us to embrace the truth of God and do away with the lies from the enemy. He writes this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, remember the life of truth, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. 
were to strip it all off. Every weight, every sin, everything that displeases the Lord, to live a holy life that is separated and set apart for His purpose. God wants you to live a life of freedom. Freedom from the past, freedom from the addictions and the behaviors. Freedom so that you can experience the joy and the peace and the goodness of who He is. So when's the last time you experienced any of that? When has, is the last time that you have been free indeed? That's the question. When's the last time? We serve a chain-breaking God. He's a chain-breaker. Sir, the struggles that you might be having with right now, with, with your your thoughts with your mentality, with the things that you try to control, you try to, you try to, 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 to discipline yourself and impose uh, 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 restrictions on your impulse. But I got to remind you that you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit moving, working in and through you. You can't do it. Ma'am, you're sitting there tied up in knots over the behaviors of your past over regrets and mistakes. And you can't overcome that without the power of the Holy Spirit moving in and through you this morning. Would you stand up with me all over this place? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I'm talking to two groups of people this morning. There are people that believe and there are people that don't believe. Nobody in the middle. And how do I know I believe, Pastor John? Are you faithful to his teaching? Are you living your life based on his word? There are times in our lives where we get tripped up and ensnared and pulled down by the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. But I need you to know that there is hope and there, there's a way out and that you are not designed to work it out on your own. That humanism, that humanistic way of thinking is evil and it's a lie from the enemy to enslave people of good faith, Christians of good faith. You can't do it on your own and you need God's help. This morning, I wanna pray over each and every one of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh God, allow your Holy Spirit to move in and throughout us, oh Lord. Lord, I pray that your conviction would be on your people this morning. Lord, not so that we would walk away, Lord, feeling even heavier, Lord, than when we came in. But Lord, so that we have the opportunity to walk away experiencing your freedom, either for the first time or the first time in a long time. Lord, I pray, God, that you would move on us.
In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I simply want to look around and maybe you're here this morning and you've never experienced freedom in your whole entire life through the power of Christ. You've never made a decision to make Jesus your personal Savior. If that's you, I just simply want you to uh, lift your hand up. Nobody's looking around. It's just me. I just want to know who I'm praying with this morning. If that's you, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior for the first time or the first time in a long time. Just simply slip your hand up. I'm looking all around right now. Thank you. Yes, I see you right there. I'm looking all around. I'm looking all around. I'm going to hold in this place one moment. We've got plenty of time. Plenty of time. Looking all around. One more moment. It's all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I I wanna ask one other question. You're here today, and have you experienced or you're experiencing bondage? Bondage from sin, past mistakes, mistakes that are so recently in the past that it was last night. God has freedom for you. Oh, Jesus, please move in this place, Lord. This morning, I, I, wanna, I feel like I just want to conclude like this. W- would you just look up at me real quick? I want, you to f- I want you to find your spouse right now. Would you just reach out and grab a hold of your spouse or a friend or a neighbor right now? Now, I want us, I want us to pray for each other. Because there's power in agreement. But there's also an illusion of power in anonymity. That means that that if I can just keep on hiding, I can play like everything is okay. But when we come to our spouse and our friends and we begin to confess and we begin to ask for prayer, then we can begin to find freedom and overcome our struggle and overcome our trial, our circumstance. This is hard, but right now, would you just look at somebody and say, would you pray for me and tell them how they can pray for you. Tell them how we've got some time. Let's just take our time to do the right thing in this moment. Let's Let's just pray for each other right now that God would help them and overcome any situation and circumstance that have them enslaved right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. Lord, your kindness is better than life. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you would come into this place and bring freedom, Lord, and bring power, Lord, that we could overcome each and every obstacle, each and every circumstance. Oh, Father, that you would come in a powerful way and deliver us from the chains of addiction, from the chains of substance abuse, from the chains of things that, Lord, we don't even want to verbally admit, Lord Jesus, but they're there and you see them and we know them, Lord. So we pray, God, that you would come in a powerful way as we lay our hearts bare. Father, give us the power and the ability to overcome every sin and every weight that so easily besets us. Because you said, Lord Jesus, 
that who you set free, Lord, you are free indeed. Oh, thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah.